The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gray's Academy. Woo! Academy, the best podcast in the whole world. Ah. Yeah, that's the best podcast. I love them. Thanks, tiny human. Um, I am one of your hosts, Kelsey. And I am one of your hosts and not tiny human, Carmen. <laughs> and it is a beautiful 6 a.m. night. We just pulled an overnighter. It's the morning now. <laughs> it's so late oh, at why? night that it's the morning. You're uh, it is late. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful night to podcast. Yes. You know... So this is the second time we've recorded today. A lot. We're, a lot we're really has, cranking it out. Yeah. Uh, a lot's happened today. And you know what I've realized that annoys me? What? When people say the wrong word or combine two different words, but they really think that they're saying the word that they think they're saying. Can you so, give me an example? I was on a conference call today. Mm-hmm. And a woman said if you need help to pronunciate mm. and it's either you- pronounce or enunciate i do not believe i could be <laughs> wrong i could have egg on my face and be a total dickhead but i don't believe that pronunciate is a word you know what i hate is when people say mature instead of yeah, mature pro- pronunciate Pro pronunciation. <laughs> Pronounce. Is it is it pronunciation is the act of properly clustering each group of letters to make the correct sounds. Enunciation is the act of clearly <sighs> speaking in order to allow someone to understand. So pronunciate is not a word. <laughs> well, this has been fun. Yes. I'm riveted. So. I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> uh anyways i don't know maybe i'm just get, maybe i'm a boomer now maybe i've become a boomer <laughs> is that, that possible boomer? yes oh yes a they're a boomer yes <gasps> i'm gonna run and get one Are you, really? you introduce people to this episode share all the socials welcome do a trigger warning i'm gonna go get an alcohol too okay sorry i didn't tell you i was doing that i just decided it <laughs> i am livid you should pronunciate <laughs> that alcohol to me. <laughs> this is a Miller Lite. Miller Lite, come on the show. Okay. Um, before we get into it, we are going to go over everything, um, like with the episode and writer and director and everything. But before we do that, this episode deals a lot with domestic violence. So we just wanted to put a trigger warning at the front end of it. Um, we're we're going to, I think, contain most of that conversation to this episode. Um, so then the second half should be clear. Um, but so if just wanted to let people know that, that there is going to be a lot of conversation around that in this episode. So if that's not something that you are in a place to listen to, that is fine. We understand you can skip, 
um, to the next half, or if you want to skip the whole thing just to be safe, that's totally fine, too. It's up to you. Um, but we never recommend skipping our own content. Well, sometimes I do if it's for mental health, health purposes. You know what I recommend? That's a good one. What is that? Nice. I got, I got a tangerine Bud Light seltzer. You're so delicate. I love it. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, actually, it's really good. I've never had that one before. You know what? I really wish I could have had. I would have. I would have rather not had an alcohol. I really wanted a fucking Izzy drink. I was about to say. It's, it, I don't. Those surely they, make, they so have good. to make alcoholic ones of those. Surely they. If they, they don't, so it's a missed opportunity. Vodka. Oh yeah. But we're all out. I finished them. Drank them all. Well done. Well done. Okay. Thank this you. is episode 99. It is the 21st episode of the fifth season. And <laughs> it is titled No Good at Saying Sorry, a.k.a. Derek's Anthem. And that's a song. Yes. <laughs> uh, the song No Good at Saying Sorry in parentheses. Uh, what's it say here? Uh, in one parentheses, last shot or one more chance. One more chance. Gosh, can this thing go? Uh, yeah, one more chance. Uh, is a song off of the album "The Mother, the Mechanic, and the Path" by the early November. So this song did not chart um, on its own. I would say the early November is probably more indie, mm-hmm. indie rock. Uh, alternative rock but this album uh released july 11 2006 and there were two singles off that album decoration released april 19th 2005 and hair released april 18th 2006 uh the song it's uh the uh the album did not chart but i'll go ahead and give you guys a quick uh like I'm not going to go through every song on the track listing because it's a lot. It's a three, it's a three disc, three disc album. Good for them. Honestly. Yeah. So the mechanic, uh, was 11 songs for 41 minutes. The mother was 11 songs for 41 minutes. And the path was 24 songs for 50 minutes. So pretty, pretty incredible. Um, and the fact that there's just a fuckload of songs in there for this <laughs> just album, a, just pretty simply intense. A yeah, it is one fuckload for a total length of an hour and a half for mm-hmm. an album, which is pretty, pretty impressive. So yeah, or 132. Oh, sorry. 132 minutes. That's two hours of songs, two plus hours of songs. Not, not one point, one hour and 30 minutes. That's 132 minutes. My bad. Uh, the song, uh, no good at saying sorry was not that great, but still respect for the entire album. It's very topic focused for this particular episode, Mm -hmm. but it gets a one out of five. This is a a med student out of five respect Mm -hmm. for the band, respect for the album, respect for the concept they were trying to do. But for me, it did not make the iTunes library. And with that, Kelsey, I pass it back to you. Thank you so much, Carmen. Um, also interesting that one of those albums is called The Mother. Mm-hmm. And The some, Path. A mother showing up in this one. And her path was to leave. 
She um, said, these boots are made for walking. Okay. And sh- shooting. Um, okay, so this episode was written by Krista Virnoff, which, as we know, oh, yeah. is the, well, was the current showrunner for the last couple of seasons. And by couple, I mean, I don't know, like seven, several, several seasons. Um, and for anyone who's listening right now and didn't catch, this is like, if you're tuning in, this is your first episode with Grey's Academy. I spent so long thinking that Kelsey was saying Chris Devirnoff. It's Krista Virnoff, yeah, not Krista Chris. Virnoff. Not Christopher Deniroff. De- Virnoff. Virnoff, yes. Krista Virnoff. Yes. So, anyways, I just need, I, every time I hear that name, I'm like, <laughs> I need to, I need to just share. I was a little bit dumb at one point. Let me help you pronunciate that. Gosh. Okay, um, written by Christopher Enough, directed by Tom Berica, who we know as Sam. Sam Keating. Keating. Um, aired April thirtieth, two thousand nine, to fourteen point twelve million views, and the synopsis on Netflix is. As the wedding day preparations continue, several residents face the arrival of their parents at the hospital. I would say several? a few. I would say uh, three. Three of them. <laughs> Wait. Meredith, Lexi, oh, and yeah. Lizzie. I... <sighs> Man, my brain is so fried. I was like, Wait. Cyrus is no one's parent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where we're at today. Um. Although I will say it's funny. Shonda Shonda knows they must do some sort of scientific poll to see how long they need to go in between showing a character's face mm-hmm. and how long the, the, the audience is going to be like, man, what happened to Thatcher? Because we literally just yeah. last episode, I was like, man, Thatcher, what's up with him? Thatcher in a while. <laughs> Here he yeah. fucking is. It's true. Which is so funny happen. to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, Shonda, where's Olivia? Um, also, what's the name of that secretary lady? They haven't brought her back for a while. Oh, yeah. Patricia? Patricia. Really underutilized Patricia. Yeah, she was great. Remember when Adele came back and we were like, oh, shit, it's Adele. Remember when Addison came back? I do remember that. That was... Chef's kiss. No notes. Or when Burke came back. Oh, wait. <laughs> uh, well, R.I.P. Han's going to come uh, back, too. Uh-huh. Um, and Dixon. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's start with. Let me see. Can I start with, oh, let's start with. Uh, the the Maddie and her her mom and dad situation. What a fucking roller coaster this was. Yeah, I knew something was fishy right away though. Yeah, did you just think that maybe the child was a murderer? I, I did have a moment where I was like, "Damn, yeah, this girl's a when, sociopath." When they, I think it's the shot when they are coming off of the ambulance and going into the hospital, and they like slow-mo pan around and she's like turning her head and she just has like no expression she's not like she's not like evil she just like is just a child being like what's going on around me but because they like slow-mo it and put it directly after the mom is like she didn't mean to shoot him a 17 times then you're like oh 
that yeah. seems like a lot. Seems like there was some intent. The, yeah. the, the scene that did it for me was when Meredith was talking to the kid. And she's like, is my daddy going to be okay? And she's like, yeah. And she goes, but why? Why? <laughs> why? I shot him a lot. Why is my daddy going to be okay? Yeah, I don't understand. Like, what did and I that's do what wrong? I, yeah. Tell me. T- give me some constructive feedback, Doc. Which organ could I possibly have <laughs> yeah. missed? I thought I hit them all. Oh, yeah, goodness. So basically, um, this episode, uh, Christina and George are waiting for an ambulance. Two ambulances come, and it's one family of three people. So the dad has been shot like 17 times, I think they end up saying. He has 25 bullet wounds, and he's been shot 17 times. Um, and the mom has like a bullet graze on her arm and then the child has a cut on her face. Um, so basically we don't like, it's revealed as soon as they get out of the ambulance that the daughter is the one who did it. She's six years old. She's very small. Um, and initially you like can tell something's off because the mom is like, being like very nervous and like talking for the daughter. She's like, she's so sorry. She didn't mean to do it. It was an accident. And they're like, Oh, how'd you get this cut on your face? And the mom's like, Oh, it was the kickback from the gun. And the doctor's Arizona's like, that's not what that would look like if that. And she was like, that's what it is. That's how she got it. So that's what it is. Well, I was getting nervous for a second because Arizona starts to pick up on it. And Weber's like, Oh no, whatever you, you will, you will, you'll be okay. I promise. Yeah, and I'm like Weber, are you being oblivious or are you like holding all your cards to your chest? Because it looks like you may be stupid in this moment, (laughs) but I can't Uh, tell. Yeah, and so then uh, they they figure it out, right? It's like they put it all together. What is it that makes them figure it out? Oh, the da- uh, the mom is just like, oh, daddy loves us. But sometimes he gets mad. Well, I think it was oh, the no, scene. I mean, it was the scene when where Meredith, when Meredith oh, is like, yeah, yeah. talking to her and she's like, but why? I shot him on purpose a thousand times. Um, yeah. And so then the mom is just like, listen, daddy loves us so much, but sometimes he gets mad and he's like really working on it. So like clearly there is emotional abuse attached to the physical abuse that's going on because she has like told herself that like he's like he doesn't mean it and he's trying to get better which is like very common in domestic violence situations um there's like very often emotional abuse and that's why people stay in those situations obviously we are not speaking from experience this is more of just like what we understand of those situations but i think typically to my understanding there is often emotional abuse tied to it, which then kind of the manipulation makes it harder to leave. And oftentimes also like financial control. There's like a lot of things that go into it. Um, obviously it is just like even more horrific to think about someone hurting their child. Like I just really, I just don't get it. Yeah. Me either. I don't get it. I really don't like, I really don't get it. I don't, don't, I don't have any other way to say it. So the thing with this episode that stuck out to me is, did I say stuck? I meant to say stuck. <laughs> stuck. Stuck out to me. It I wasn't going to say anything because you were just roasting people for saying words wrong. I, but I, uh, that was unintentional because I was going to say stood and then it ended up coming out as 
stuck. So stuck, stuk. Yeah. Anyways, what did what did what, what stuked out to you? Stuck stood out to me was Meredith interjected herself and just mm-hmm. the backlash that Weber had. It wasn't maybe it wasn't the it wasn't the best way that Meredith could Meredith could have handled it. That's a conversation. Oh, well, <clears throat> it was bad. Meredith did a bad job with how she, she did a bad job situation. I under like the the underlying intent of like advocating for the little girl was like very noble and like it was the right call to do to to don't let to this stand be her up story. For that little girl. However, yeah. she definitely did it in probably the worst way that she could have done. In my opinion. Yeah. Like when I just think it was very spot on when Weber said you further battered a battered woman. Yeah. Like I just it's, felt like that was a good explanation. Yeah. She shouldn't have said to the mom, no, like you don't need, like you don't force <sighs> your daughter to tell the dad that we love him and that we're sorry. And saying that the daughter is stronger than you. And yeah, all she that, did like something about it when you couldn't or something. And then I'm like, well, okay, well, like she did shoot a man a bunch. Like, that's not great. either. We don't like, want to encourage she that. She doesn't understand. Like, I, I truly don't think a six year old would like understand what that means. Um, right. But I I'm also like, what I don't don't condone what I don't it. understand about this. This whole situation is what fucking gun did they use? What is he got an Uzi? In his house, he's target practicing really with a fucking know. machine gun. Well, he wasn't actually target practicing. Well, I know what they're saying, but if he has those at the house, what what does he do? You're not there's 17 bullets. It doesn't fit into one clip on a pistol. You're not well, getting I that mean, out of a shotgun. Like I'm gonna be honest, I I don't know that you and I know the most about guns. Well, I'm asking to the to audience, guess, to the broader I audience. I don't know as well. Because even a shotgun, a cluster shot doesn't go into seventeen parts, right? They would have said that, like that. They would have said, "Oh, yeah, it's a it's buckshot gone wrong." It's it, no, this is like, I don't know. I, anyways, I mean, there are some coming up that that say they have twenty rounds. Pistols or clips and uh, pistols? Just handguns. The magazine oh. has twenty rounds in it. Oh, okay. Well, if that's the case, like a, a nine millimeter. Now I'm going to get ads for guns. That's not what I want. I should have done that in an incognito <laughs> window. God damn it. Just do a quick, okay. just do a quick porn search to level it out. Um, guns and porn. <laughs> okay. So. It was also bad timing on Meredith because she had well, just yeah, gotten had out also, of seeing Thatcher. Mm-hmm. And being Weber reminded of her, her horrific childhood. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just. A lot of trauma. We're getting a theme here these last yeah, couple of weeks. A lot of trauma. trauma. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, simultaneously to this happening, uh, or right before this happens, rather, Weber has paged Lexi and Meredith to his office because Thatcher has come to tell him he's sober and he needs to make amends. And he's like, well, let me just for sure abuse my power as these people's boss to tell them how to live their personal life. Um. And so they go in Thatcher, you know, has been sober for 29 days. He's gone to rehab. He wants to make amends, which like is a part of the steps. And so he apologizes And the first half of the apology that we see seems like just basically reading something. And then he kind of puts down the book and, and speaks more like himself. And it's, it does feel a lot more genuine. 
And I appreciate when he's like, I don't deserve your forgiveness. Cause I think that's like something worth acknowledging in these situations. Um, especially to Meredith. Um, we know obviously more about the situation with him and Meredith than we do about the situation with him and Lexi. So it, uh, yeah, it's just, it's really heavy. And then Meredith's like, thanks for apologizing. Um, congratulations and best of luck. And then she just leaves and immediately goes into the Maddie situation, which is definitely like her, um, like her emotions are definitely, um, not compartmentalized. Right. And neither are Weber's like for sure. That's for sure. True of both of them. Um, so, uh, I think it just like brings up her childhood and how like it was traumatic for her in a different way. Obviously it was more like a neglectful way and like basically unwanted. Like she wasn't like her mom didn't want her. She said that before. Um, and so then she does the, the thing where the mom's like, we have to go tell daddy that we're sorry and we love him. And they're just like, no. Uh, and that's when she berates the mom and she's like, I, you're not going to take her to apologize. You should be apologizing to her because she's the one who actually like grew a backbone and like did something about the situation. And, um, you know, you, you're ruining her life basically. So, um, that's then after that, Weber takes Meredith aside. This is a really, really good scene. All the it's, scenes with Weber and Meredith are so good. They're so good. The, it's, it's a good, I'm not saying that I agree with anything that either one of them are saying no, no, no. specifically, but a lot of great acting and a lot of great so development yeah. through very like through believable with like emotions are high. It doesn't yeah. feel forced. It feels like that's like how this would play out, especially with what we know um, with their history. Yeah. Um, but he fucking so, just closes the curtain in the middle of the room. Like he doesn't. <laughs> well, he does. He, I think truly he was like, I'm just going to go and have like a gentle talk with her. And then he quickly pivots and is like, I'll just yell instead. <laughs> he could use some therapy. Couldn't. Okay. I have to say this now. Later on, when Derek is like, you're the most professional guy I know, I was like, Derek. What have you watched an episode of Grey's Anatomy? You, have you not worked? And then he's like, "But you, you aren't level-headed when it comes to Meredith." I'm like, "So, so basically, everything that we've seen about him is not. I guess that tracks. I don't know. I was just like, false, incorrect, never, never true." That yeah, man thinks he's about kind himself of, first. Kind always. of manipulative. And kind I know, of, but like, those tantrums weird about it is I don't, I like never feel like it's intentional. If that makes sense. Like he's not like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, emotionally manipulate someone into doing what I want. He's just like, I'm just going to pitch a fit because I don't know how to like deal with anything. And then like things are going to work out for me because other people are going to like adjust and do what I want them to do. Or it's well, I'm justified in my emotions because it's for the hospital, which is the Mm, greater. I'm trying to run a hospital. Richard Weber. Yeah. Gosh, no, he for sure he for sure did say that. Yeah. When eight hundred when we get that times. Yeah. When we get to that scene with, with Derek and him later, we can circle back to that. But I think he actually does verbatim say, I'm trying to run a hospital. Yeah. And it came he on the heels of like every other episode. <laughs> yeah. It's the, the equivalent of I'm I David am, Rosen, yeah. the attorney general <laughs> I was of the United say, I am the Attorney General of the United States of America, Olivia. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I'm still so f- 
I can't get into it right now. We really can't get into it. Spoiler, jump 30 seconds. Jump 30 seconds if you haven't seen Scandal. Okay, why did David Rosen have to die in the fucking series finale? So dumb. Yeah, that was that one really shocked me. I remember being shocked by that. And it's in like the first three minutes. Is it really that early? Are you sure? Um, Skip ahead. Skip ahead. Skip ahead more. We're still talking it's about either, it. It's either right in the last, the second to last episode, but the, no, it's, it's the guy. it's in the last episode, but I just didn't think it was that early on in the episode. Well, I thought the opening scene basically involves Olivia seeing that one dude kill himself. That happens before, I think, the title card. And I thought David Rosen was before that or either... We may get, we may, we may have gotten David Rosen and that attor- deputy attorney general die in the same I don't first him three minutes. Himself. I don't remember that part. I remember David. Yeah, Rosen. he shot him. He's like, "Can you promise that when you take down Cyrus, you'll ban guns for my son?" And Olivia's like, "Uh, yeah, but like, wait, and then where he just are they when that the happens? In like a fucking like a underground something." Like I remember. No, they're not in the museum. They're like somewhere. Anyways, um, scandal episode coming soon. <laughs> Wild. I um, need to rewatch okay. that finale. Richard says, "I can see that you're angry with me, and maybe angry with your mother." And then Meredith's like, "Don't do that. I'm not your friend. I'm not your family. You don't get to call me in your office on personal business, and you don't get to speak to me this way right now. I, it's an abuse of power. I'm a resident. I work for you. You have to speak to me like I'm a resident. And for the record, somebody had to stand up for that little girl, and I make no apologies for that. Okay." Um, Richard says, you want to be just a resident? Fine. All right, then. That woman is a victim of domestic violence. This hospital is supposed to be a safe place for her to come and tell her story. And as her doctors, it is our job to help her. You did not do your job. Instead, you further battered a battered woman. And Meredith says, what about that little girl? And uh, Richard says, Dr. Gray, you will stay away from that child. You will stay away from that family. You will not come within 100 feet of them. And if you do, you'll be, you will be suspended from this hospital pending reevaluation of your emotional and mental fitness for residency. You will also not pass go or, pass, or take $200. Like, damn. Yeah, that I was... I mean, like, if he's, like, being realistic, like, yeah. If you remove any emotion from it, that is probably how you would respond to that situation. Yeah. But wow. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he pulls back the curtain and Derek is just standing right there. And everyone else is standing right there too going like, Oh damn. Yeah. So then Derek and then they and all Meredith start singing. Like, Never gonna be president now. Uh, Meredith and Derek go have an argument and she's like, what does he say? Like, Oh, he says it's about, it's not about Richard. And she's like, it's literally only about Richard. Yeah. Which it's not only about Richard. It's about the bigger picture. Richard is definitely involved, but it's not only about Richard. Richard is a Um, metaphor for the male patriarchy. Well, the male patriarchy is garbage, but, um, uh, I don't think Richard's a metaphor. I think Richard is involved in a terrible parenting situation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm just trying to be woke over here. There, there, you go see the Barbie movie. I swear to fucking God. I need to. Um, Meredith and you don't even have to go anywhere. It's on streaming now. Not for free. Carmen hates women. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, so yeah, they're arguing and Derek keeps kind of like defending Richard and she's like, can you just fucking be on my side? Like, he's not even like your best friend. He's not your Christina. So don't invite him to our wedding. Cause if he goes, I won't go. 
and I should go. And you need the bride, the bride to be there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good point that she makes. Like he, he's only this intense on Richard. I think recently because of where him and Mark were for last episode. Like, I think he's trying to over, Excuse me. I think he's trying to like double down on, hey, like, no, that wasn't just about Mark. Like, I actually I look up to him. He's my mentor, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, like, but like he really doesn't have any friends other than Mark because like he lost Burke and then he didn't have any friends other than Mark. Yeah. And the only reason that they hung out outside of work was because he pulled up his Airstream next to his like. Yeah. Weber just showed up and was like, hey, I can live on I can live off of your land, right? <laughs> Make me we some trout. <laughs> trout fishing together. But yeah, I, I'm on Meredith's side for this particular scene. I mean, they definitely like, have just a be history, on my side. But yeah, I definitely think he should be taking Meredith's side more because and he does admit it later that Richard does like not have boundaries when it comes to Meredith. And a lot of it does definitely yeah. comes from a place of guilt. And he's like trying to do a lot of it. I think to make himself feel better for what he did or didn't do in the past. But, um, so then, uh, Derek goes to talk to Richard. Um, and that's when, (laughs) um, that's when he's like, you're the most level-headed guy I know. It's a pretty heated conversation because he's really first like letting Richard just vent about Meredith. And then he finally is like, okay, you know what? I'm going to speak candidly. You don't have boundaries. You, you keep saying you're not her father, but like you think of her as family, whatever it may be. Like, you know, if it's the, I promised Ellis, I would watch out for her. So like, you're trying to make good on that promise because this woman you were in love with died. And like, this is how you process it. So sorry. Um, it is 6am. So don't apologize. It's not, (laughs) but it is my bedtime. Um, so uh, Richard. Do we have the transcript from that scene? Yeah, I do. The thing that really got me about that scene is when he's, when he's saying, when Derek's like, you know, she never got over you. And then Weber's like, that's not my fault. Like, okay. I mean, maybe, but the fact of the matter is, is that there's still chaos that's related to you. That has happened. Lie. A life was ruined. Because of your choice. Like, yeah, you fell in love with a woman, but that's not the that's not the I end mean, of the I butterfly effect. I don't know, yeah, that you can really say, like, it's not my fault. Like, it's a little bit. Like, it's a little bit. Anything you else that comes after that. Like, you didn't have a boundary with a married woman. Like, yeah, you have to consider, like, things that that occur when you make choices. Because they, And I think that this is the scene where he ends it basically with, like, that's not my fault. But also, it doesn't matter because I'm trying to run a hospital. So, like, so, okay. none of this matters. Um, give me the receipts. Derek says, you have to give her some room. You two have history. Richard says, I apologize. And Derek said, I know, but it's loaded. Richard says, she keeps yelling at me that I'm not her father. Well, I'm not. I fell in love with her mother. That's all I did. Mm, questionable. Uh, her mother never got over you, and she's not going to end. Richard says, well, it's not my fault. I was young. Lots of people have affairs. They have affairs, and they don't look what Ellis did after I left. That's on Ellis, and I'm trying to run a hospital here. <laughs> Do a shot. Uh, she's doing the best she can, Richard. 
Well, her best isn't good enough. If any other resident pulled the crap she did today, she is still here because of my history with you. That's it. That's the only reason. And Derek said, you keep saying you're not her father, but you know what? Okay. You know what? Since we're talking, you are the most professional guy. I know. Questionable judgment. Most level headed. Questionable judgment. Except when it comes to <laughs> Meredith Grey. You gave me hell. You know you weren't going to give me chief because I was dating Meredith Grey. You told her about the ring. You sent her out into the woods to bring me back. That's not running a hospital. You paged her to your office to try on wedding dresses. You paged her again today for Thatcher. You have a history for with her. You keep saying that you're not her father, but the way you act, you consider her family for what it's worth. So. A lot of words, a lot to unpack. Mm-hmm. It's just, we finally get some honesty and we finally, finally, I can't remember another time that this happened. We finally have someone standing up to Weber and saying yeah. like, dude, just cool your fucking jets, man. Yeah. And also I will say I'm a little bit frustrated that Derek is the one convincing Weber to apologize like and grow up about this because Derek doesn't apologize or grow up about anything. So true. Um, also, so. I wanted to say before I forget, cause I probably will, we will probably talk about Izzy next episode, but her mom, the actress who played her mom got um, an Emmy nomination for outstanding guest actress in a drama series for this episode. And I just like was looking at that right now. So I had to say it because I will f- oh. forget. Um, but anyway, so yeah, Richard and Derek, I appreciate their back and forth. Um, and I mean, Derek's right, other than saying that he's level-headed, because he's definitely not. He yells way more often than anybody boss should yell. Um, Maybe he and, was professional and level-headed in season one. Maybe. Yeah. I can't um, even remember that far back. Um, And then... Uh... uh also simultaneously while this is happening, then like a hunt saves the dad basically. And Meredith finds out the dad's still alive. So she goes to the mom and apologizes. Um, kind and, of. <laughs> well, no, she says, sorry. She says, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have talked to you that way. Um, but then she's like, but like you, you, this cannot be your daughter's story. You cannot watch her try and like shoot him 17 times and then take her back to live with him again. Like read the room. Like, yeah, that's not like that. This is first of all, this is already a trauma. Like this event alone is already going to be its own trauma. Plus whatever abuse she's seen and or endured up to this point. So like, just like end it now. And like, honestly it is like, as the mom says when they, you know, go tell the dad that they're leaving, like, it's a good time because like he is going to be in the hospital and he's not going to be able to go like follow them. So like, this is like the best time, like they've got, you know, it's more like a quote unquote clear, clear getaway. Unlike that one movie with Jennifer Lopez. Was it enough? I have no idea what you're talking about. There's a movie with Jennifer Lopez. I think it's called enough. where like, she ends up falling in love with this police officer and then he, he's a, he abuses her Ugh. and then she trains. She like runs away from mm-hmm. him with her daughter and then she trains like kickboxing and stuff to, to kill him. Oh, it's this a really new, feel good it? movie. No, it came out maybe 
Maybe 2000s. Hold on. I got to look this up now while we're talking about this. Uh, while I look that up, maybe we should take a quick break uh, for some regional sponsors, and then we can talk about the rest of the trauma in this episode. Yeah. Love hitting it. We'll be back after a message from these sponsors. One of the best things about finishing a great book is knowing that you have another one ready to go in your to be red pile. With Book of the Month, you can make sure that your to be red pile stays stocked and ready to go. Each month, you can use the app to select from five to seven titles vetted and curated by the team at Book of the Month, focusing specifically on debut authors and early releases. If you can't choose just one, you can always upgrade and add more from your selection. And if that TBR pile starts to get a little too tall, you can skip as many months as you need to give yourself a little extra time to catch up on what you have. Personally, I am a huge fan of suspense and psychological thrillers, so I was very excited to see multiple books on the selection list for May that fit that description. I selected two different titles, both of which are set in Washington State, just like our favorite show, Grey's Anatomy. I thoroughly enjoyed The Return of Ellie Black, the first thriller novel from Amiko Jean, and have Middle Tide by Sarah Crouch ready to read on my road trip next week. Right now, you can sign up for Book of the Month and use code PEDALS to get your first book for only $5. That's code PEDALS, P-E-T-A-L-S, to get your first book for only $5. Watch out for that blue box at your door and get your TBR pile stocked and ready. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And we are back. So I have, yeah, it's uh, IMDb has told me that this movie came out. Thank you, source. Yeah, (laughs) citing. It's called Enough, and it came out in 2002. And you're pretty close. Good job. Yeah. So Jennifer Lopez falls in love with this guy, played by Billy Campbell, and he is a cop. And yeah, she ends up killing him. Good for her. Yeah. I support women's rights and women's wrongs. And women's lefts and, you know, all of it. But yeah, it was, it's a, it's a good movie. Also, Jennifer Lopez is just so beautiful. Just so stunning. Mm. I know Aging like fine wine. So yeah, mm. that reminded me of that. So do you want to talk about the second, <laughs> the second Weber and uh, Meredith scene we get? Yes, this one's really good. Yes. So Meredith, after she goes and talks to the mom in the uh, lobby and she's like, leave for your daughter. Like, this can't be Don't this be the story. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's like, I'll go pack my things. Um, and so she's in the lounge and Richard goes in. And she, Meredith is like, oh, good. Another heart to heart. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, OK, I have this. so I'm just going to read it. Wait, hold on, hold on. A lot. For, I, I want the whole transcript. The, the, I think the first thing he says is, I know you don't like me. And in my head, there's a lot of, uh, ha- for some reason, Hamilton quotes that are like just 
in my head right now. But when he says, I know you don't like me in my head, I have Burr from the Ten Dual Commandments going, okay, so we're doing this. And I'm like, (laughs) and then I'll tell you the other, there's another one um, that I think of in this song. So, or in, in this fucking show. So go ahead. Okay. Um, I know you don't like me and you have every right not to like me. I love, I, I love, I have abused my power, but now I'm here on your tor- turf. And what I need to say, what I need to say is I saw what your mother was doing. I saw how neglected you were. I saw her drive your father off and I spent a lot of time beating myself up about that. But what does that do for you? Nothing, nothing. I wasn't your advocate. I didn't fight for you. I never stood up for you. I let myself off the hook. I told myself I was young and I didn't know any better, but I did know better. I wasn't much younger than you are now. I should have fought for you, Meredith, like you fought for that child today. I told myself that I wasn't your father, that it wasn't my responsibility, that I was right not to butt in. I let myself off the hook. You were helpless. You were a baby, a beautiful, smart, funny little girl, and no one stood up for you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then Meredith like cries and puts her head on his shoulder and he says i'm sorry i'm so sorry and that is how a person apologizes like that is actually truly such a genuine and like sincere apology like there's every aspect to it it's like acknowledging the other person's feelings uh Mm -hmm. like breaking down what Mm -hmm. you did wrong explaining like you know all this time I, you know, have basically been lying to myself and saying it was fine, but you know what? It's, it wasn't fine then it's not fine now. And I am sorry. Like, this is like, there is no like shirking of responsibility. Like he fully owns what he did being wrong and he apologizes. And like Derek could take a few fucking notes. <laughs> well, luckily, Luckily for Derek, he's got the most professional person in the world teaching him how to do apologies. Um, yes, this was, I shouldn't knock Richard in this exact moment. It was a great <laughs> apology. It makes sense. Um, and it's not like, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad when people actually say the words, I'm so sorry. Yeah. It holds, I, think it's I don't impactful. know, there's just a different, yeah, as opposed to I apologize, right? Like, mm-hmm. The, the I apologize is like you're saying the buzzword when you're like, I'm I'm so sorry. And that's where yeah. he's coming from. And when she leans <laughs> on, a, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You feel like you need an apology. <laughs> yep. uh, so but when when she leans on his shoulder mm-hmm. and she's like hugging him in my head, it's the scene after. um Hamilton singing to Eliza and it's like if I could trade his life for mine and they're all in the background going forgiveness and I'm like <laughs> that's what I'm playing in my in in, in this scene well, it's because you just saw it I think mean, that's fair also I was driving home yesterday from work and I was just was playing it on Disney plus so <laughs> just listening to it in the car the live ver- the, it's the the concert version of Hamilton <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm just, I'm really, I'm, I'm proud of Weber in the scene. I, mm-hmm, I yeah. kind of am confused. Like, is she suspended now though? Like, <laughs> no, it feels, she's not. No, like, okay, please. Like he was going to stick to that. I wish he would have. No he, he, he needs to set a precedent. People are just going to walk all over no Weber boundaries. now. No, they know. They know that it's a Meredith Grey thing. Uh, Everybody knows the tea. Everybody knows. So <sighs> yeah, that was. A Goodness. really good storyline, in my opinion. Um, I thought they fit it and really quick, well. Quick and intense. Mm-hmm. I thought they fit it really well with the patient storyline, with, like, the abuse. Obviously, like, 
there's a huge difference between like Meredith's childhood and Maddie's childhood and like what Richard did versus what this dad did. But it's like, you know, with, with Meredith's like childhood trauma and childhood wounds, like, yes, she's gone to therapy unless she's, she's processed a lot of it, but she's still like, Richard is like a tangible person that she can like put blame on. Uh, And now Thatcher has come back. So like, it definitely is going to reopen a lot of that, especially like seeing Thatcher with Lexi and like how good their relationship is. Like, obviously like that's going to be another like salt in the wound kind of thing. In my opinion, that's kind of how I read it. Um, so I don't know. It's just like a lot, um, piled on in this one. So it wasn't the thing that I wish uh, that I, that we would have gotten more of is, and, and maybe this is selfish for me, specifically with Meredith and Thatcher's relationship is I feel like she needs to really just have a good shouting match with him. She needs to just tell him off, get it off her chest and then be, then be able to forgive. I just, because like, I think that she's harboring a lot of know feelings. how she definitely is. First of all, um, but I don't really know how you come back from someone slapping you across the face because they think you're responsible for their spouse's death. Forgot I really about don't. that. Like, that's not like a snarky comment. Like I just like as a fully grown adult, like I don't know how I don't know. Like if someone like open a hand slapped me, I would be like, okay, well, we're never communicating ever again. Thank you so much. Well, remember that time that I slapped you and you're like, you were okay with it. And you said, let's start a podcast. I was like, let's start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I would never do that. Um, no, no, no. But yeah, it's just one of those. But again, as we spoke on it, last episode, yeah. I hold a grudge. Yeah. And I just see no problem with that. <laughs> yeah. So like, obviously with the Richard situation, I do think it's very different because that is someone that you actively have to deal with on a regular basis. Like I feel like most people that I hold grudges against are not people that I am like seeing every single day. I'm also trying so, to like justify in my head because while the things that I've, I went through as a child in, in my childhood, very different, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I'm trying to put my, myself into the mind of Meredith and Richard never directly impacted Meredith negatively directly. Like he never was the like a to B source of trauma. And that I think to me puts some of the, like I can understand why it's harder for her to forgive Thatcher and Ellis in a lot of the ways, those ways, because Mm -hmm. while Weber made a bad choice with Ellis, it was Ellis's choices that affected Meredith and it was Thatcher's choices to not stay in their lives that affected Meredith. So I'm not giving, I'm not putting anyone off the hook because Weber should have apologized. What he, what he said made sense. He understands what he did was wrong. And I think the thing that's unique about their relationship is I see a world where Meredith is able to forgive Weber easier than Thatcher. Yeah, and, I agree. And allow, the reconciliation and the healing to happen because at least Weber was trying. He didn't wait. He, the second she got into the program, he was, he was there. It wasn't like Mm -hmm. Thatcher where he left and then didn't come back. Well, also it's like he left and was like, he was a shitty dad and left and then was like 
an incredible dad to someone else. That I think right. was, is what the Thatcher situation is so horrendous. And then like, yeah, obviously like with the Ellis situation, well, Ellis is dead. So it's like, and I think she's worked through this trauma with the therapy of being like, Oh, she didn't really want to kill herself. And like, she was doing the best that she could, which is questionable. But, um, they also spent some time in the afterlife together. Yeah, they were, they they were, they were, uh, hanging out in that little swamp river with Hades for, for a while. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. Now so, they're, ba- they're I mean, BFFs. It's definitely like super, super complicated. Like as far yeah. as her childhood goes, I think Thatcher is really like, yeah, it's not just, oh, that's a deadbeat dad. Cause it's like, you're going to be a deadbeat dad to one kid and an amazing dad to your two others. Like that would just like when the parent who was present in her life already was like, I don't want you. That's just like, I can't imagine that. Like that's so shitty. Um, yeah. I also like as like someone who is a parent, like I can't imagine just being like, Oh, I'll just like, won't see this kid anymore. Right. Like I truly, I'm like, even if Michael and I got divorced, I'd be like, I don't know. Do you just want to like still live in the same house so that we can see the kids all the time? Like, I don't know. Like I just don't know. Yeah. I would not want to put myself in a position to not be able to see my kids every day. Yeah. I, I, I can't know, even like, go. I obviously I'm like painting with a broad brush. I know there are a right. lot of relations. Like I am, I, don't think that it is that people should stay together for their kids because like that is oftentimes like a bad situation for the adults and for the kids because like kids can sense that and see that. Like, I don't want to like diminish anyone's reasoning for like breaking up. Like sometimes there are, there is like, it's the right choice. But like for me at this stage in my life, obviously my kids are still so small. Like, I don't know. I also like imagine a world where like Michael, I don't even know why we would get divorced. Like we're both just like very tired. <laughs> like I just be like, <laughs> we're so tired. Like it's so much work. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think to myself, like Marlo isn't even two yeah. and the, and she's like the, the days where I have a long day at work, I still go in there and I have to just go cuddle with her. Like I have yeah. to, I'm just going to go on to the, I'm going to pick her up out of the crib. I'm going to go to the recliner and hold her little tiny body just (laughs) and just like sit there. And I can't imagine a world where I don't at least have the opportunity to do that or feed her breakfast or give her a kiss goodbye before school. You know, like, I don't know. It's crazy. Anyways, that's that's clearly another conversation. And and it sucks because that's the situation that Thatcher has realistically created for for Meredith and feeling this feeling of unwantedness and why am I not good enough? So, yeah. Um, what, what was the other topic we were, we were talking about? We were, t- we were, do we want to finish up the, the yeah, GSW? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Um, Maddie's mom. So she goes to the dad and she's like, I'm, we're leaving you. Like, this is the last time we're going to see each other. You're not going to be well enough to follow us now. You're probably not going to be well enough to follow us later. So Maddie, tell dad bye. Cause this is it. This is the last. Bye, time Daddy. Feel better. And what? She's like, bye, <laughs> Doctor Gray. Love you. Mean it. <laughs> oh, you know what I really want from this, from like the way that they were panning around the scenes and the way that they were the music in this background. What I hope that this little girl comes back in season nineteen and she's the antagonist <laughs> of like just some trauma or like she finally gets the full revenge and kills her dad and she gets put in. Why is that what you want? 
I don't like, I don't I, actually want that, but I want this storyline. I want the girl to come back. Okay, you know what? All right. I'm I want her to this. be healed. I was going to say, rewind, rewind. I don't want any of the negative stuff. I want her to come back and she's a doctor. And she goes, I'm a doctor in season 19 because of Meredith Grey. Yes, that's a better storyline. That's my prediction. That's my official prediction for season 19. Okay, I love that for us. Um, so when we get there in four years from now, I need to know if I'm right or wrong. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, uh, and we'll just kind of also round out the Thatcher storyline in this episode because basically he does the apologies and Lexi's like, hugs, forgiveness, um, which is her choice. Like, obviously, they have a very different relationship um, than Meredith and Thatcher. So, like, obviously, it's there's a lot. It's, it's just very different. Okay. Can um, I also just say so, that... Can I also just say on, on, on that particular sentence there, the Meredith... She didn't egg him on. She didn't antagonize him. She just didn't. No. She didn't forgive him. She's like, all right, you seem to be doing wonderful. Thank you for that. Thank you. I've I've allowed you to do step number nine. I'm good. Goodbye. Like, it wasn't confrontational. It was just nothing from her. So I just wanted to point that out. Because she could have taken the low road. She took the high road, I think, as best she could have in that moment. Um... And so, yeah, then Meredith, I mean, rather, sorry, Lexi goes to Mark and is like, my dad's here. Like, he's sober. He wants to, like, be in my life again. And I really want him to meet you. Like, I, I'm so happy with you. And, like, I, lo- I love, like, being with you. And I know my dad would also really like you. And Mark's like, ooh, I'm just, like, really old. And uh, I just, <laughs> like, think that's a bad move because dads don't like me. Tried it um, once in high school. And that was the last time. <laughs> I wonder if you ever met Addison's dad. Mm. Probably not. Probably not. Um. So yeah, then Mark's like, "Ooh, I don't want to do that." And then you know, well, like lots of things happen. Then we'll talk about the next episode. And he ends up going to the dinner, and Lexi is so happy. It's so cute. And her hair game is just on fuego. So yeah. good with the curly hair. Yeah, she looks great. Thatcher looks good. You know, that's nice that he's sober and they're, that they're coming back into their relationship because before it was very, very positive. Um, yes. So, yeah. When Mark goes, it's nice to meet you, and, and Thatcher goes, vice versa, I'm like, you fucking... Can you either... Boomer. Either you actually say this in real life, like as a person... Or your acting is so good that you make Thatcher that goob, goobtastic when you say vice versa. It's vice versa, folks. If it's I'm going to get chastised, there was it's one time I said, both. let's nip, let's, no, 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 no. Yes, it is. Vice versa? How have you not ever heard that before? I have. I make fun of people who say it. Is it nip it in the bud or nip it in the butt? Bud. Bud you're with a D. Like cutting, like uh, like gardening, like nip yeah. the bud of the plant. And it's not vice versa. <laughs> Wait, for anyone Latin who can sense. Okay. Visa, vise, vise, verse. Anyways, I I clearly am judgmental when I'm tired because this is what's happening. 
making fun of people Maybe who say you pronunciate. Look up the pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. Well, the pronunciation is the right word. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. telling someone that you need to show them how to pronunciate a word is not correct. <laughs> or like when people say, so I need. I need you to ensure that that's completed, but they say I-N-S-U-R-E. And I'm like, you need to insure this. You need to call the insurance company to make sure that it gets done. No, it's ensure with an E. Yeah, yeah. Also, use the right there. Use the right your. Use the right to. I used. I saw someone who used two different forms of your in the same sentence. Wrong. One was right and the other was wrong. I would have loved it if they were both wrong. Like if they were both yours but reversed. <laughs> Even worse. That would have been incredible. Yeah. So, anyways, it's cute when they hold hands at dinner. And it's very cute. We love it. You know, Mark's, Mark's, looking, Mark's looking sharp. Mark's looking handsome. Lexi's looking beautiful. Power couple of uh, Seattle Grace. There and there. yeah, Thatcher looks, Thatcher, Thatcher looks good, you know? So. Happy for them. Happy for that scene for them. And I'm I'm just glad it makes sense for Lexi's character that like that that's something that she wants. Yeah. Also, like, credit to Thatcher when he does say he's like, you don't have to forgive me. Meredith's like, great. I won't. Thank you for your time. And like that's on like that's her choice to make. Again, like, yeah. If she decides that like holding in that anger is bad for her life, then she can choose to work on it. But if she decides that she can just like not have him in her life, which has been her life up to this point, then I think she's fine with that, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like there's just it's such a heavy like it's very loaded. Like it's there's a lot to the backstory. There's a lot to the history. Again, the fact that Lexi showed up is like salt in the wound, you know, seeing what it could have been, seeing how he actually did have the ability to be this great dad. So I don't know. It's a lot. It's there's there's two sides to that, because obviously Meredith owes him nothing. She owes kids do not owe their parents anything, in my opinion. Correct. Also, kids don't own their grant, owe their grandparents anything like kids don't owe adults anything. Kids owe being adults. Yeah. Different soapbox for a different day. However. I think that. Because we also see this theme throughout the episode of, like, we'll talk about this in the second podcast, where people are telling Callie to just lie to her family about her in Arizona. Yeah. Meredith could just lie and tell Thatcher, I forgive you, and not mean it. Because at that point, like, you don't have to forgive him. I'm the same way with my parents. Like, I have forgiven them in a number of ways for the things that they have done. But some of them, I'm just telling them that I forgive them because someday when ultimately I do forgive them, they may be dead. So <laughs> might as well, like for a while there, I wasn't telling my mom that I that I would love her when she would say it back to me. And for yeah. a while, I was just saying it because I'm like, if I get into a car crash or she gets into a car crash and she's not in the best health, like that's, you know, personal stuff. But if she were to die and then I was get to a point mentally where I was able to feel that actual love after the fact I would have wanted, yeah. I would rather have lied to her and her feel that way than like yeah. not said it because be for me, for my own happiness right. or, yes. or whatever, you know? So I don't know. I think there's a point in this story 
with Meredith and Thatcher where she's going to have to figure out, like, do I forgive him actually or do I just tell him or like where where does their story go next is where I'm trying to figure out. Right. Um, so anyways, that's all I got for that. What are the storylines we do we need to do, or are we good to? Um, we're gonna we're gonna end this one, and, and we'll cover the rest of it in the second half. So we will take a short break for everyone's favorite segment. <laughs> 